17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And since Cordell and I last talked and last had an episode, a lot of moving parts have happened. There's been some signings. There's been some uh, surgeries. So we didn't get an opportunity to talk about that. But what we will do is look at the signings that the Ravens have had since then. Now, as we all know, Marlon Humphrey will be out for some time, not too long uh, as they're projecting, but long enough where the Ravens felt like they needed to make a roster move. And as a result, they signed Ronald Darby, uh, former Bronco, uh, to a one-year deal, as well as Jadavian Clowney um, for some depth uh, at the outside linebacker position. Darby is a guy who um, I think very highly of, but had a knee injury in October of 2022. So he's only about 10 months removed from said injury. And Clowney, as we all know, was a brown and, uh, you know, recently became a free agent, visited the Jacksonville Jaguars um, prior to uh, finally, you know, signing the his life over for a year uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. So, Cordell, um, when you look at these two signings, what are your thoughts on them specifically, um, you know, in, in, in terms of what it is that they're going to be asked to do at their positions? Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess we could start with the Ronald Darby one. That was a dire need. Um, they just needed a body at this point. Yeah. I mean, they need I, – I wouldn't be surprised if they were to go and get another cheap option at the cornerback position just because, I mean, they they don't have the flexibility for anybody else to go down in that cornerback room right now. And we're talking about guys that are going to have to start right now I mean, I guess your outside starting corners are Darby and Rockison come week one, assuming they're both healthy. Maybe Seymour finds a way to use the momentum that he has already gained in training camp to propel him into being the week one starter. I don't know if you're overly great about either of the options, to be honest with you. Um, and I've spoken highly about Kevon Seymour all all training camp. I think he's had a great camp. I'm not sitting here saying that I think Kevon Seymour should be your week one starter, but this is just the situation that the Ravens are in. They just yeah. have to get, some, you know, it's, it's not like this is their first choice. Uh, Marlon, I would make the argument next to Lamar is probably the one guy the Ravens couldn't afford to have go down yep. right now. Um, and when you talk about foot injuries, you never know. You just, you never know. We could sit here and say, uh, I know the report is saying that Marlon is they expecting to miss the couple, the first couple weeks of the season, maybe the first quarter of the season. The reality is it depends on how his foot is going to respond when he gets back and is able to rehab and everything. And then how long is it going to take him to mentally be a feel, feel comfortable cutting, uh, running full speed, just, being able to have his foot stepped on. I mean, anything, anything, the mental hurdle is a huge part of these guys coming back. And I think people always get that 
misconstrued when you hear initial reports say two to four weeks and you get to that fourth week and it's like, where are they? I thought they were supposed to come. And then you got people questioning guys and where they play through injuries. And I don't think people understand the mental aspect that come that, that goes with an athlete working his way back. So in terms of the Derby signing, it's a veteran signing. It's a guy that's been in the league. Like you said, he is coming off the torn ACL. You know, I'm not, I'm not, super, super high on Darby. He can run. He's a veteran. He's been in the league. Um, Obviously, I've seen him play when he was with the Commanders a couple of years ago. He was with Denver the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, It's it's not always great. It's not always great. And the reality... But I do think that... I I didn't mean to cut you off. I do think that had he been healthy, he would have been one of the cornerbacks that would have been off of the market sooner than later. I do do think that his resume would have allowed him to have an opportunity, you know, sooner, but the injury is essentially what had teams like, uh, I don't know if you're ready to. to yeah, I mean, I, I, could, I could definitely buy that. I, I think he'd be on a roster. I, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll get with that. Um, I mean, let me see. I, I don't think he's had an interception since like 2019. I mean, and, and the cornerbacks aren't necessarily <laughs> judged off that. Right. Um, but it's just the fact of when you start looking at some of the quarterback ratings, when they do target him, throughout his career. It's just, it hasn't been great, but again, it's just the position that the Ravens are in right now. At the end of the day, it's going to be a drop off from Marlon Humphrey to whoever they decide to bring in. So it really doesn't matter. You're looking at what the Ravens have and you comparing it to what Ronald Darby can give you. And is it that much of a difference? I don't know, but I will say, I think adding a veteran, whether it's Darby or anybody else helps, it does help. For Um, sure. And I, I, I and I would like to say too, you know, like uh, you know, luckily it does not appear to be a list Frank um, yeah, injury right. for Marlon, right. which is a good sign because mm-hmm. we know that that could be a longer um, process. Um, but ultimately, what exactly are you getting from Darby? I, we don't know. We saw what the injury did to you know a guy like Marcus Peters who just never really looked you know um, comfortable number one and back to his old form number two when he started playing last season so again everybody's different but this is 10 months here what I'm not really sure what to expect from him early I think that this is a better signing for the second half of the season when the schedule becomes more you know difficult but for now, I just don't know what the, what he can bring in knowing that he's, you know, been injured less than a year ago. I mean, I, and I think it's just also telling you, telling us that they didn't have many options. Yeah. I mean, the options aren't great. Anytime you have to resort to signing a guy who's 10 months removed from an ACL injury yeah. is letting you know that the market isn't great right now. I exactly. mean, Brady Williams got cut by the Eagles, what, the day after the Ravens signed Ronald Darby. I mean, I don't know what Greedy Williams can give them right now either. When you're getting cut in the second week of training camp exactly. how, and, and preseason, how, how great are you? So again, I think I'm not super high on Darby, but I also understand that it's the, the pool of players to pick from are slim. It's, it's very slim. No matter who you bring in, the reality is they probably can't play that well because they're still available as we're like in the middle of training camp right now. Right. Um, Clowney's a little different for me. Clowney's situation uh, to me is totally different. Um, it's a depth move. I like the Clowney move. 
Uh, I think Clowney is a is great at selling the edge, which is something that we saw in the first preseason game was a struggle for even a starter like a, 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 a David Ajabo didn't yeah. necessarily do great at selling the edge. Um, Adafi Owe is pretty good at selling the edge more times than not, but even he struggles with that at times. And you look at the guys that the Ravens had last year. I compare this Jadavion Clowney move as an upgrade over the JPP move last year. Okay. Um, I, I think Clowney is definitely re- he's he's really good in the run game, really good in the run game, and I think he is very disruptive as a pass rusher. He may not be the guy that's going to lead this team in sacks, um, but I think he could be the guy that helps somebody. He could be the reason Matabike gets paid this year just because he's helping force the quarterback right up into the pocket where Matabike and some of those interior guys are coming. I just think he's going to be a table setter for the pass rush. I'm not saying he's going to lead the pass rush. I'm not saying that he's going to be the best pass rusher on the team. I'm just saying that I do think that Jadavion Clowney helps in terms of the depth. It saves the Ravens from having to put a guy like Malik Harrison on the outside where we've seen that movie before and it wasn't necessarily great. Clowney is a better option for that. So I do like the Clowney option. I think he fits what the Ravens like to do. I think the uh, the culture of the Ravens will be good for Jadavian Clowney. I think he'll fit right in. Um, and and I don't ex- – I, I think this will be something – as long as he can stay healthy, of course, which is a big question mark for him as well, um, I, I think that this will be a, a sign and that will be good for the team. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. I do agree with everything that you've said. I've seen a lot of people like, oh, well, what's he going to do? You know, only going to show up on third downs. Well, we don't know what the Ravens are asking for him anyway. You know, maybe he is a second and third down type of situation. No guy. I don't know. And so, uh, again, maybe the culture difference um, and what the Ravens do around here will motivate him to play at the level that we believe that he's able to play at. So, uh, I like the signing. Um, obviously, they would like to have some depth there because there's some uncertainty there. Um, and so I've always believed that, you know, in terms of helping the Marlon Humphrey situation, you know, your front seven has to be really strong so they can, you know, help the backfield. And I do think that this helps solidify um, doing just that. So I also like this signing as well. So Darby and uh, Clowney are new Ravens, and um, I doubt we see them in preseason, maybe. Well, Darby for sure I don't think we'll see. Uh, But we'll be uh, looking forward to seeing what their impact will be as the season starts. So with the addition of Darby and Clowney, there's some other additions, Cordell, that we have to acknowledge, but these are in-house additions. We've seen the return of J.K. Dobbins as well as Rashad Bateman um, in practice. Um, and I, I think that they're doing seven-on-sevens, am I? Bateman was involved in seven-on-sevens for sure, yeah. Okay, so they're not like doing the eleven-on-elevens, uh, it appears, but uh, ultimately, just seeing them back um, in the, on the practice field is a major step in the right direction. This is a team that in training camp so far, we've seen with the likes of Mark Andrews, Odell, um, and Zay Flowers, who, you know, has really been great thus far. But now they get two extra weapons um, with J.K. and Bateman back. So um, what do you expect to see from them? Now, as we know, you know, 
JK was on the pup list, but mm -hmm. many speculated that um, this was a, a business decision and not necessarily an injury decision. And then we know with Bateman, it was definitely him with an injury situation. So um, what do you expect from seeing these guys work themselves back into action? Yeah. I mean, like you said, with Dobbins and John Harbaugh said it the other day, he's a hundred percent healthy. So Dobbins is kind of a different situation from Bateman. Um, both have to do the ramp up period just because that's in the CBA if they're coming off the pup list. Um, so it, it was good to see uh, that both of them are starting to ramp it up a lot more as of late. And I think the result will be we'll start to get a little more consistency with this offense. Now that they have their complete arsenal of weapons out there, Ronnie Stanley returned back to practice this week as well. Um, it, it, it does at least give you hope that we'll start to see these guys be a little more consistent. I do take, uh, I, I do think it's a positive that as of late, we have started to see uh, Beckham and, and Lamar start to connect a little more on those down the field throws. It was it's, number one. It's great to see Lamar starting to throw the ball down the field because for the first couple of weeks of camp, it was almost as if it was planned to only go to the check downs or to the sh shallow to intermediate routes. They really weren't pushing the ball down the field at all. Um, and then out of nowhere, they just started to do it. And it hasn't been like, they're connecting every time down the field. But the fact that they are attempting them now lets me know, okay, they're starting. They, they have gone into a new tier of the playbook now to where they're they're starting to really show you how they want to uh they they want to target every blade of grass on the field. So that's a good thing. We're starting to see more downfield passes to Zay Flowers. Um, I wasn't out there this weekend at the weekend practice, but I saw the reports of like Bateman catching a nice down the field uh, pass in the seven on seven drill. So that it makes you feel good that it's all starting to come together now. Yeah. Um, it's great. Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar has had a solid camp to this point, but he's not Rashad Bateman. And Rashad Bateman is going to be able to give this offense a different element than what Aguilar was able to give them when he was in there. Same thing in the backfield. I love me and you have been big on Justice Hill. I love Justice Hill. Yep. I like Gus Edwards as well. Um, but it's no secret that J.K. Dobbins is the best running back on this team. So right. I expect it to be a little more explosive even, even in the run games. The Ravens have Lamar's checked it down a lot in practice. So maybe we'll start to see some of those J.K. Dobbins passes out of the backfield and see what he can do in the open field with the ball in his hands as well. So this is the time of year where I feel like we're getting closer to where we could start to really see what this Ravens offense is going to look like simply because Todd Munkin finally has all his tools in his tool belt now. <laughs> I like that. Um, I, I definitely am excited to see both of those guys back. I, I intend to see, you know, them contribute to what this team is building to be. You know, I know, you know, people have said whatever they've said about JK um, in regards to, you know, him not being happy about the situation in terms of getting paid. It may be some, some, some ill will feelings towards how his injury process has been. Nonetheless, he is still he's still there. And like you already said, he's still the best running back on this team. And I really expect J.K. to be involved not only in just running situations, but passing situations as well. You mentioned that, you know, they were practicing on the check downs and such. And while J.K., 
wasn't really utilized in that um, in the previous um, offense. I definitely think that he could be a weapon that you can use in this coming offense when you just need to make a play and get the ball out. He can make himself available and make some plays. And as we know, you know, last year he led the league in yards per carry. So he can definitely, you know, make those plays. And then Rashad Bateman, obviously, is just a guy that is going to to, to continue to make this offense be dangerous. You're going to have to pick who you're going to defend out there. And Rashad Bateman makes that harder because we know he's talented. The biggest issue has been, since he's been a Raven, has been his health. But we know that he's talented. We know that he can make plays. And then you see the things that Zay Flowers is doing and you add the experience of Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, yeah, and then Mark Andrews is always going and be the guy that can get you know in between the, the find the right zones of the right spots to be in to, to make plays so this is really shaping up to be a very dangerous offense and while I still believe it's going to take a, a minute for them to really maximize who they can be I still believe that they can and will be um, really good. And so it's good to see, like you said, him get all of his tools in his tool belt. So now he can play around with different formations, with different play calling, with all these different things in training camp, just to see what's going to be effective, what they should stay away from. And, you know, they can do that at full speed once everybody is able to play the 11 on 11s, as opposed to, you know, waiting until the season to get acclimated to what it is that they're trying to do. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think when you talk about this offense being dangerous, I think they are going to have the element of surprise on their side a little bit, especially when you talk about this receiving core. Number one, this is a new offense, so nobody really knows what to expect from the Ravens offense this year because I do think it's going to look starkly different from the Greg Roman offense, just the philosophies and everything in itself. You pretty much got to throw away your film on the Ravens the last couple of years. So they'll have that in their back pocket uh, as an advantage for them. And I also think when you talk about these wide receivers, deception is a big part of them because nobody really knows what to expect from the Ravens wide receivers. I mean, Zay's a rookie. So a lot of these guys in the league haven't even been able to see Zay uh, to this point. Bateman Bateman has deceptive speed on his own in general when he's not when he's normally out there, but also the fact of Bateman's barely out there. So there's not a ton of film on Bateman who's what in year three now in his career. There's yeah. not a lot of game film on Rashad Bateman out there just simply because he hasn't been out there. That could be an advantage if you wanted to find the silver lining in Rashad Bateman's injury history. It could be that. Um, to where defenses really don't have a lot of film on them. In terms of Beckham, every nobody truly knows what to expect of Beckham. The most they, I mean, now the Ravens webs, the Ravens media group put out a new highlight of Beckham every day. So maybe they're kind of showing their hand a little bit to to the league, letting them know, okay, Beckham is is back because he has looked like the best wide receiver in camp. I, I I'll stand by that. Um, but. This is a guy that missed all of last year. This is a guy that's playing with one ACL. This is a guy who's got a laundry list of injuries in his past as well. Um, I mean, teams could not be sure what Odell Beckham they're getting when they line up from him out there, across from him on the field. So I do think the Ravens will be able to catch some teams by surprise, at least at the beginning. Um, and that could be something to kind of catapult them throughout the rest of the year. But I do like 
to see I, I do like what I'm seeing now that it's all coming together that you're able to get all these weapons on the field at the same time and it'll be big for Bateman and JK to both get this hands-on coaching from Todd Monk and I've talked about that a lot when especially when it comes to JK but even Bateman because Munkin is very hands-on when it comes to the wide receivers and what he wants from them so it is a great thing for Bateman to finally be able to get out there and get some of that single coaching uh, from Todd Monk and that all the other guys have been able to get to this point. Yeah. And with the Marlin injury, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're going to have to find a way to just, well, when you win games, you score more points anyway, but you're yeah. really going to have to find ways to score mm-hmm. more points to help um, supplement what's missing on the back end of the defense. So good to see um, Bateman and Dobbins back. And uh, we look forward to see what uh, this offense can do um, this coming season. So tonight's game is a preseason game, of course, as we know, between uh, the Ravens and the Commanders. After a chippy week in practice last week, obviously the talk of the town has been Mark Andrews, um, the body slam that uh, hurt the defender of the Commanders. um, And and people are like, oh, he should be disciplined and this, that, and the third. I saw Aaron Donald not be disciplined in something. So I, I I have to assume that Mark Andrews is not going to be disciplined, ladies and gentlemen. But what I can assure you is that they're not going to put Mark Andrews in harm's mm-hmm. way and he will not be playing tight end tonight mm-hmm. at uh, FedEx Field to make sure that there's no retaliation going on there. Uh, but, you know, the second preseason game, uh, Harbaugh had already said that he doesn't expect to have many starters playing this game. So this is just, you know, another formality in terms of what's going on. Um, what do you expect in terms of tonight's preseason game? And is there anyone that you're looking forward to to stand out for tonight's preseason game? Yeah, uh, look, I, I'm not expecting the Ravens to play many starters ag- again tonight. Um, barely saw any starters in the first game. I know Ajabo played. Uh, obviously, the offensive line left guard battle is going on right now. Outside, I mean, we saw Zay out there. I think Zay will probably get out there maybe tonight, but I don't know um, considering what's going on between the commanders and the Ravens, like you mentioned with the market yeah. and Danny Johnson, you might want to err on the side of caution and, and keep Zay yep. uh, uh, off the field uh, for tonight's game. Um, I don't look, this is where JK Dobbins, you know, season kind of went down the drain um, a year ago. So yep. I don't expect Harbs to put many of his starters in this game. I just, and, and maybe I'm thinking too much into it. I just think it would be a bad look. I, I think it, you know, they naturally don't play their – they haven't been playing their starters in the preseason, the last few preseasons anyway. Um, don't start. Tonight isn't the night to, to go that route. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see Zay only because we saw him in the first one, and Harbs did say he will get some reps in the preseason. Ajabo, same thing with him. He got a couple of series in the first game. Wouldn't shock me to see him out there again as well. But outside of those two guys, I don't expect to see any starters in this game. Tyler Huntley's not playing. It'll be the Josh Johnson and uh, Anthony, Anthony Brown. Brown. Yeah. Um, so that in itself lets me know, and Rita, you'll probably be happy about this, but the, I think the streak ends tonight because I think offensively 
it's going to be ugly for the Ravens. I honestly think it's going to be really <laughs> ugly uh, for them. The commanders played starters in their first preseason game. I know they're going to play some starters again tonight. How long they're going to play their starters, I don't know. Um, but I just think that the considering the Ravens are playing second, third, fourth string guys, the commanders are coming out there with starters for, I would imagine, at least a quarter of the game. I, I don't think the Ravens end up winning this game. Uh, tonight, and that could end up being a good thing. It's preseason. Ultimately, who cares? Um, but for the Ravens, I I wouldn't put any of my key starters out there just because of how the Commanders players are probably feeling after what happened to Danny Johnson. Right. Um, and t- and and in terms of uh, who I'm looking for big game tonight. Number one, I'm looking for wide receiver Sean Ryan to build on that first preseason game where he looked good. I'm looking for him to come out there and do that again. I'm looking for Charlie Collaire to have a bounce back game uh, from his first one. Didn't necessarily show me much in the first preseason game, had a fumble in that game. Um, I, he's, he's, he's usually more dependable than he was in the first preseason game. I want to see him show that in this one. Uh, obviously the left guard battle, it was really good in the first one. I thought both John, John Simpson and uh, Sal- the rookie Sala both had really good games. Make this a tough decision on the coaches. Keep keep stacking these performances um, and push it to the last second. And, and then at that point, it becomes a toss-up. I can't tell you who they go to right now. At one point, I thought that if it's even, it's an advantage for Sala. And I still kind of feel that way. But I also feel like they know what they're getting with John Simpson, the, the fact that he can play they they won't uh they won't lose any sleep if they have to start John Simpson. Um so I'm looking for him to kind of have a solid game. Um uh who's the uh my guy in the Keaton Mitchell. Uh Keaton Mitchell had a really good game in the first one. Looking for him to build on that defensively. Caillou Blue Kelly is a guy he got in very late in the first preseason game. I don't know if he gets in just as late in this one, maybe earlier considering what's going on in that cornerback room. He's got to show something in this game. He's got to show something to a show that he can stay on this team and B show that they can trust him if they have to throw him on the field, because I believe any corner that makes the 53 man roster is going to eventually have to play in some sort of capacity. Um, So I'm looking for him to give, the coach's confidence that they can put him out there and he'll be okay. Um, Kavon Seymour still looking for him to continue to stack. I think he's going to start tonight. So he'll get a chance to go up against some really good wide receivers and Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson on the outside. Uh, he's going to get tested and he may not always win. Those are some elite receivers, uh, but he, he, he has to at least be able to show that he could hold his own. Um, and, and it'd be nice for Travis Jones, Travis Jones had a really good first game. See him be dis- as disruptive in this one. Same with Ajabo. I don't expect Ajabo to get a ton of snaps, but I would like to see Ajabo get a signature play in this game and his limited opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a lot of matchups that, or a lot of players that I'm interested in seeing. Um, one thing, one matchup that I'm interested in seeing where the competition is, the uh, competition between Jeremiah Moon and uh, Malik Ham. And uh, Malik Ham is a Baltimore boy, graduated from City High School. I love a, a, an undrafted kid. You know, I love a local story. 
of a kid from the city that he's trying to be on the roster for. And he played well in the first preseason game. But Jeremiah Moon was here last year, uh, the Florida um, standout. He's trying oh, so to. You're conflicted. Well, no, no, I hear you. Because and, and Cordell is saying because I am a Florida Gators fan. Um, but I, I'm I'm curious to see who's just going to step up. You know, like who's going to be the one? Because I don't see both of them making the roster. Somebody's one is going to make it. The other one's going to either be put on a practice squad or someone's going to pick them up. It's going to be you know one or the other. I don't think it's going to be both. So it's a. I feel like that there's a little bit of a competition of sorts going on. And um, I'm curious to know who's going to stand out. I have to, you, you got to assume that the, both of those guys are going to be playing um, in tonight's game. But ultimately, you already mentioned Kolar. I want to see if he can bounce back. Keaton Mitchell, we were high on after the first preseason game. Um, so that's something we'll be looking out for. Anthony Brown did not play well in the first preseason game. I mean, he, he does have some good throws, and I see the potential there. But there's some things mechanically that I don't love about him, which I think is a part of his downfall in terms of, like, what he's not good at. He has a very slow wind-up, and that's a big part of, like, where his passes go wrong and and such. But I do think that uh, some developmental things could happen for him. But I have to assume him and Josh Johnson are going to be the majority in terms of playing in tonight's game. So he'll get more action um, tonight to to hopefully correct his wrongs because, as we know, he threw a pick six in the first preseason game because essentially this is the battle of the number three quarterback right now that teams are allowed to have one. Um, and so we'll get to see from that. But uh, other than that, I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that there's going to be many, if any, uh, major starters on this team. You already mentioned J.K. Dobbins. His injury came in the stadium. And you and I both know that that field is not the best no. uh, to be on. And that's me being nice about it. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's that's probably a place people don't want to put their starters on if they don't have to. Uh, so th that will definitely be interesting, but I'm sure you and I will get an opportunity to see guys stand out, see guys regress. Hopefully James Prochet can make up for what he did last week. Cause I think you and I both agree. I, I don't really see how he can make this roster, but look, there's two more preseason games and he has an opportunity to try to redeem himself. So we'll see where this goes. Tylon Wallace can potentially poten continue to, um, make a case for the number six wide receiver and he plays special teams. So there's a lot of um, battles that I, I think that, you know, tonight's game will be interesting to see who stands out and who falls back. So anything else, anybody else you want to add? Uh, no, nah, I mean, the Malik Ham one was a good one. Uh, I've, I've been high on Malik Ham all camp. Um, so I'm excited to see him tonight as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think we're good. We'll see what happens. This I think this is a pivotal game for a couple of these bubble guys, yeah, um, that are on the team because they'll get an opportunity to really play against another team's starters. And will and this is usually the game if teams are going to play starters. This is kind of serves as the way that the third preseason game used to be when they had four preseason games. Now they make the second preseason game kind of that game where you're going to have your starters go out there and play in an, an extended amount. So you get a really good look at some of these depth guys on your team to see who can go out there and play when another team has their best players on the field as well. 
Absolutely. So a lot to look forward to in tonight's game. And um, like Cordell said, I think he believes that the streak will be snapped. I don't I care. Do. Um, please, uh, you know, do what you need to do so we don't have to talk about this streak anymore. And streaks are made to be broken. I, you know, I just don't care. I'm sorry. If y'all want me to care, <laughs> I care about who's going to step up in these preseason games. I care that the players come out healthy. I don't care about the score. I'm sorry. I don't care. So if you do, then, you know, please care extra, a little bit extra for me. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. So thank you all for listening. We'll be doing a follow-up about uh, this preseason game this later this week. We'll talk more about that, who, who, who stepped up and who decided that, ah, yeah, I don't think I'm going to make this roster. We'll, we'll find that out. Uh, after tonight's game. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.